Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back or welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your friend, Elizabeth Benton, and I'm glad you're listening to this episode because I think it could be one of the game-changing ones for you guys, but really for me. And my inner science geek is getting a little bit excited about our topic. And you guys know I love to talk about insulin and the powerful role insulin plays in fat loss. I even have a course all about smart carbohydrate strategies for fat loss because I find that people are in one of two camps. Either they don't understand carbohydrates at all and the differences between them and the way that carbohydrates influence our ability or inability to burn fat, or they're just completely carb phobic because they do understand and they think mistakenly that that means we should avoid all carbs all the time. And I am going to link to tons of episodes that I've done on the topics of carbohydrates and insulin over in the show notes for this episode at primalpotential.com because we're not going to get into the nuts and bolts of carbs and insulin today because we've done that many, many times before. But if you are curious, if you're thinking, I don't know that I understand that yet, please go over to primalpotential.com. Go to the show notes page by hitting the podcast tab. You'll see this episode there, and then under the resources section, you will find links to previous episodes. Do not miss them, right? I believe strongly that, and science really supports, that insulin, managing insulin and taking full advantage of insulin, because insulin's not the bad guy, is really the magic bullet of fat loss, but not just fat loss, of energy, of uh, reducing cravings of health overall, right? So we really want to make sure to check out those episodes. People who get this, when they finally understand insulin, how we can manage insulin through our diet and lifestyle choices, its role in fat loss, it changes their food choices. It changes the way they look at food and dramatically improves their overall results, which is not just fat loss, energy, cravings, mood, sleep, stress. It's a big freaking deal. But here's what happened. I had a bit of an aha moment related to insulin and blood sugar. And even though this is slightly different from the normal cadence of podcasts here, I want to talk to you about this aha moment I had and what I'm going to do about it, how I think it's going to help me crush my goals and how I'm going to use it to help you crush yours. So here's what happened. Most of you guys know that I did this five-day fast, and this has nothing to do with the fast, but I sort of had this aha moment during it. Maybe it was the mental clarity or something like that. And I am so excited. 
at the end of the fast, probably end of day four, maybe, we bought a blood sugar monitor, which in and of itself isn't very interesting, right? We understand what we're looking at there. But it prompted me to consider something that I have been overlooking for myself. Keep in mind, when we got the blood sugar monitor, we had been fasting for over four days. I hadn't had anything like MCT oil. I hadn't had kombucha since day two. We just wanted to see where we were at, where our blood sugar levels were at. So the following morning, I checked it that night. The following morning, I checked it upon waking, right? Truly fasted, not just because of the fast, but certainly more normally an overnight fast. And it was a typical healthy fasting level. And then I decided to check it about an hour after drinking my cup of black coffee. And you might be thinking, well, gosh, it's just black coffee. That's zero calories, no carbs. But here's the thing, guys. Stimulants can increase your blood sugar because they trigger your adrenal glands. It's kind of a stress response in the body. Is it the equivalent of eating a donut? No. And does it have that effect for everybody? No, absolutely not, right? But I need to know and understand, especially since I'm in this year of push towards my goals, especially because I drink a lot of coffee, does it create a blood sugar response for me? Now, before I get on with with more of this message, I want to first say this. If you run out and buy a blood sugar monitor, don't do that yet. I want you to listen all the way through first so that you get the full spectrum of what I'm saying. But let's say hypothetically, you go out and you buy a blood sugar monitor and you test first thing in the morning upon waking and then you don't have any black coffee or anything at all and you test an hour later, it will have gone up, right? So I don't want anybody to think, because I understand the assumptions that can be made here, I don't want anybody to think that I am saying any increase is due to the coffee. If you test your blood sugar immediately when you wake up and then an hour later, an hour later... You've been moving around, you've, so you've put some physical stress on your body by moving, maybe some emotional stress of like rushing through your day. There is a difference between your blood sugar as you roll out of bed and your blood sugar an hour later when you've been moving around and getting you know, some work done and things like that. So I want to be clear that if you go up by a few points over your first hour awake and you've had black coffee, it doesn't mean that the coffee drove that increase. So I just want to make sure everybody is is uh, is on the same page about that. But as I did this, I had an aha moment of I am investing so much time and energy in paying attention to the food aspects of controlling my blood sugar and managing my insulin response. But what about the non-food factors? Obviously, Food is going to be the most significant driver of a blood sugar response and therefore an insulin release. And of course, carbohydrates are the the biggest influencer within the category of food. But guys, stress and certain stressors drive a blood sugar response as well, right? Physical or emotional stressors, lifestyle stressors that create a stress response in the body, they can trigger your liver to begin manufacturing glucose, even if you haven't eaten via gluconeogenesis, which I've talked about in the podcast before, so I'm I'm not going to go through all that science here, but things like lack of sleep, that is a physical stressor that can increase blood sugar. Stimulants, like black coffee. 
emotional stress or physical stress from injury or workouts without adequate recovery, food sensitivities, eating foods to which you are sensitive, even if they have no carbohydrate in them at all, can trigger a blood sugar reaction. Our bodies are so smart and their primary objective is to protect us, to keep us safe, to keep us alive. So when they encounter a stressor, whether it's lack of sleep or stress or injury, your body looking out for you says, hey, we're in danger. And when it goes into that danger mode, it wants to make sure that sugar is available to power your muscles in case you need to escape. It's very much a survival strategy. And your body, in the absence of consuming carbohydrate, or obviously in the presence of carbohydrate, but even in the absence, it can use substrates in your own body, including protein, right? Protein from food you eat, or even your own muscle tissue to manufacture sugar and then increase your blood sugar and create an insulin reaction. So it goes without saying, you guys know me, I'm a big coffee drinker. I work out intensely. I get up early no matter what, seven days a week. I have work stress and personal stress. You see where I'm going here. And as I shared in a couple a couple episodes ago about the biggest lessons I took away from the fast, one of them was I'm not sleeping enough. So I don't want to be in this year of push where I'm totally dialed in on my food choices, where I'm pushing intensely in my workouts, but then I'm not recognizing the impact of some of the lifestyle factors, whether it's lack of sleep or it's um, coffee, that are creating this physiological reaction and I am overlooking it. So here are some things that I plan to learn via this blood sugar monitor. And then I'm going to talk about what makes sense for you and if this is something you need to do. Cliff notes, no, I don't think it is. And I'll explain why in a second. But here are some of the things that I am going to be using a blood sugar monitor to learn over the next few weeks. How well does my body handle coffee? Objectively, not just the fact that I feel I feel fine when I have it that I've been able to lose weight while drinking coffee, but objectively, from a blood sugar standpoint, what happens when I drink black coffee? Do I do better with less or more? Where is my sweet spot? Do I manage my blood sugar better if I add fat to my coffee, or am I better without it, right? Where is my sweet spot with sleep? What is lack of sleep doing to my blood sugar? Where is that tipping point for me? Like, How many hours of sleep can I get without negatively impacting my blood sugar is more better? Where is my sleep sweet spot? And also, what about my workouts? How many workouts in a week can I do and still keep my blood sugar response after my workouts and and throughout the day really stable and steady and where I want them to be? What about stress? And how does my body respond to improvements? For example... If I am meditating regularly, do I show better blood sugar control than when I am not? That is a very, very real thing because of our body's ability to manage physical and emotional stress. Here's the other really huge thing, and I talked about this in the lessons I learned from the fast and what I plan to do about them, especially related to sleep. 
eight or nine months ago, I've shared this here on the podcast, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So my body is under stress, period. Even without the lack of sleep, even without the workouts, I have a a stress kind of disorder. So how is that impacting my blood sugar? There are some things I knew and understood very well about my body prior to the onset of Hashimoto's. Are they still true? Is my body working the way I thought that it was? Or are there some things I'm doing that I think are the right thing for my body, but maybe they're not, right? Because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm eating clean, eating in a way that supports fat loss, that controls insulin and blood sugar, and then allowing my lifestyle, non-food factors, to jack things up. That, I think, is where a lot of frustration comes from. Like, we think we're doing everything right, but we're overlooking significant things. It's not just the non-food factors, though, that I think is going to make this very valuable for me because there are things that this blood sugar monitor is going to be able to teach me about food and not just carbs. Carbs are the obvious ones, but beyond that, remember how we've talked at length about how there is no storage form of protein in the body. Like if you overeat protein, it's not sending that second chicken breast to your muscle. It has to be broken down and stored in a different form because there is no storage form for protein. One of the things that it can be broken down, some of the components, include glucose. So where, and it's going to be different day to day, right? There is no magic number, but where is my tipping point with protein where if I consume this much protein with this activity level or you know whatever else is going on, at what point... Is my body using some of that to manufacture glucose? Because I don't want to get to that point when my goal is fat loss and blood sugar control, right? I want to know if and when this is happening to me and how I can really manage it. But there's also a lot that we can learn and that I plan to learn and share the, the lessons with you guys about how my body responds to different types of carbohydrates. And I'll tell you what got me thinking about this. Rob Wolf, who is uh, one of the leaders in sort of the paleo movement, He has a new book that just came out on the 21st of March called Wired to Eat. Don't worry, after the kickoff of the Fat Loss Fast Track, I'm going to do a full book club episode on that. But one of the things that he talks about in this book is this carb tolerance test where you have these different types of carbohydrates every morning on an empty stomach, certain amount, check your blood sugar every day for seven days. And he intentionally picks different kind of carbs. Like one day it's applesauce because the type of carbohydrate in fruit is the very different from the type of carbohydrate in a sweet potato, which is what is tested on a different day. And then corn on a day and beans on a day to basically allow you to see which carbohydrates do you respond best to and which carbohydrates do you really not respond to. Okay. Now, I'm not going to do this carb tolerance test myself, and here's why. Because I don't eat beans anyway, and I don't eat corn anyway, so I'm not really concerned with how my body responds to them. But what I am interested in learning over the next few weeks with this blood sugar monitor is some of the carbs that I do enjoy but had previously written off, how do I respond to them? Maybe... I've told myself that I don't respond to them based on how my body responded when I was 275 pounds or 350 pounds, right? I am certain that I'm sensitive to carbohydrates. 
whether that's from years of yo-yo dieting or weight loss or hormones, whatever, I know that in general, carbs trigger cravings for me. I know that physically I'm sensitive to them because I instantly retain a lot of water. They don't really satisfy my hunger. But when I was in North Carolina doing this fast, my girlfriend Ella suggested that there might be some carbs that I do tolerate well and that actually are are good to be incorporated, you know, because we talk about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss in episode 195, right? And how there's nothing wrong with having whole food-based carbohydrates with your evening meal so long as you don't overdo it. But I'll be honest, I typically don't include those. If you guys follow my daily blog, you know that it, it, I'm not routinely incorporating sweet potato or anything like that because I have always felt better without them. But I haven't routinely incorporated them in years. So maybe the weight loss, the muscle gain that I've had, maybe that's improved my metabolic efficiency and I can include the carbs like I talk about with the golden rules of carb- carbs and fat loss and that there are certain ones that make me feel good and that I am more efficient at metabolizing. So here's the general idea with carbohydrates. What we look at is what happens to your blood sugar one hour after eating a certain type of carbohydrate, right? We expect to see an increase, but then two hours after you have eaten... Does it come back down and how close is it to your baseline two hours after you've eaten? So what you're looking at here is how much of an increase do you get after one hour? How high is it taking your blood sugar? And then how quickly or not are you returning close to your baseline within two hours after eating, right? And different types of carbohydrates create different responses, and they're different in everybody. So while you might metabolize sweet potato very efficiently, I might not. But what Ella helped me realize is that the way my body responded to certain carbohydrates when I was 350 pounds or 250 pounds even might be very different from where I'm at now. And these are some of the kinds of things I want to figure out. So I am going to look at not the um, specific carbohydrates that Rob Wolf suggests in this book. And again, I'm going to do a book review episode and, and go through that. But things that I would normally eat or want to eat. For example, I love apples and I very rarely include them. I would love them as part of my evening meal to fit within the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. And now I'm thinking, let's look at how my body responds to that, if that makes sense for me. I don't want to make uh, base my choices on assumptions or I don't want to base my choices on what worked for me before Hashimoto's, right? So part of it is what was working for me or not working for me 100, 150 pounds ago, and also what was working for me a year ago before my Hashimoto's diagnosis. I also don't want to base my choices on what some book tells me. I want to base them on my body. I want to see how my blood sugar is positively impacted after a great night of sleep or resting well for a week versus a night of garbage sleep or a week of not making sleep a priority. 
This is an attempt at improving the way I care for myself. And I'm going to be sharing these lessons with you on my daily blogs. Ever since I announced my year of push, really kind of going from a period of patience with my body to a period of push with my body, I've been writing these daily blogs Monday through Friday. And I'm going to start including, as of the day this airs, you should see them in there, including some of what happens to my blood sugar over on the blog. Now, I know many of you are probably thinking right now, well, should I go buy a blood sugar monitor? And I would say for 99% of you, the answer is no, absolutely not, and here's why. It's kind of like, do you need to go out and buy all sorts of fancy new clothes and equipment before you start working out? before you start working out consistently, before you know the kinds of workouts that you really enjoy and are going to do regularly. No. Don't get caught up in the bells and whistles before you have the basics, right? And this is this is something that causes people a lot of a lot of extra energy, a lot of extra money is they get attracted by some new shiny thing, whether that's thinking they need to have all these fancy things before they can start working out or thinking that they need to have a blood sugar monitor to start improving the way they eat. No, 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 no. The other thing is, could I reach my goals without this? Absolutely. By paying more attention to my cravings, to my hunger, to my sleep cycles and all of that. But you have to understand, I'm in a unique position with the podcast, with the blog, to share my lessons, my objective lessons based on data in a different kind of way, right? So so I don't think you need to do this. I don't even think this is essential for me. I just think it's fascinating and I'm a bit of a science geek and I know that I can maybe learn some things that will help other people tap into their truths without having to buy a blood sugar monitor. Can you buy one? Sure, of course, but I don't think you need to. The big takeaway really from this message is not that I think everybody needs a blood sugar monitor. Not true at all. It's that we can't overlook critical factors like stress and sleep and stimulant use and workouts, and just focus on the food. Because you can be doing really well with food, and chances are we all have room for improved consistency with food, so let's not overlook that. But we don't want to hold ourselves back with lifestyle choices because we pretend that fat loss is just about food. It's not. Our bodies are looking to keep us safe. And when we're not rested, we're not safe. When we're under too much stress, we're not safe. When we're consuming foods to which we have a sensitivity, we're not safe. And so the body is going to respond accordingly. And your body wants to know it is safe before it's going to allow those fat reserves to leave your body. So I am going to be sharing my lessons, what works for me, what doesn't, what surprises me, over on the blog, and I'll talk about it on the podcast, I'm sure, as well. And within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing a book club episode on Wired to Eat so that I think you can get many of these lessons without necessarily buying a blood sugar monitor and doing that. Because the timing, you don't have a ton of flexibility when it's like, okay, I need to check it an hour from now and two hours from now. It's cumbersome. All right, let's wrap up with a hard right turn. I don't do a lot of promotion here on the podcast or anywhere. It's just not my style. And despite lots of advice to the contrary, I don't try to sell my fat loss fast track 12-week lifestyle coaching stuff. I don't. 
And the reason for that is I don't want to talk anybody into it. This is how I spend the majority of my days working with my clients within the fat loss fast tracks. And I don't want to work with somebody. It's not fun for me to work with somebody where when I've twisted their arm into it. That's not what I want. I want people who are like, I am investing in myself. We are doing this. Let's go. So for that reason, I don't do a lot of sales. But I think the downside to that is there are many of you who could have these insane transformations like the ones I've seen from people who are in the fat loss fast tracks and you haven't yet because I don't talk about it. And I don't I don't like that. So I'm trying to strike a balance here and I'm going to talk about it for a few minutes today because the spring group kicks off on April the 2nd and registration is open now and I would imagine that it within 3 days or so of this airing it will be filled up. But I want to talk about it because every day something happens with somebody in one of my fat loss fast track groups that blows me away. I'm I'm not exaggerating here because my goal is not to twist your arm. The fat loss fast track, it changes people's lives. And yes, it's about food, but it's also simply about life. It is about attitude and mindset and consistency and movement and the transformations I see in people. Not just physically, though that's cool, but in their relationships and their careers and their finances and their overall happiness, it's seriously the best thing that I do in terms of what I enjoy about what I do with Primal Potential. And the Fat Loss Fast Track, it's 12 weeks. It goes by so fast. But what makes it different is that we are only focusing on one thing at a time. Every week has a theme And that prevents anybody from getting overwhelmed, but it also prevents you from getting bored, right? Because you know that every Sunday there is a different focus. And so if you maybe had a rough week or you didn't like that particular challenge or it was hard for you or you were really into it for the first four days and then the last three you were kind of like, yeah, okay, I get it. Every Sunday there's something new that grabs you, that draws you in. And I think the coaching element of it, you know, when I talk to people and I've had many of them on the podcast or a few of them on the podcast When I talk to people who are in the fat loss fast track, they say one of the biggest things is that I am not a rah, rah, pat you on the butt kind of person to work with. If I think that you are holding yourself back in the way you're thinking about something, or I think that you're making an excuse and there's a different option available to you, I'm going to tell you, but not in a rag on you way, in a help you way. It is so common for me to say, okay, for the next five days, I want you to email me every single morning and dot, dot, dot. And it's different for different people, but I'm in it with you. And I really extend myself to make a difference in everybody who wants the help in there. So here's the deal. You can go to primalpotential.com right now forward slash shop right? Primalpotential.com forward slash shop. And you, if you're like, I want this, I'm ready, I'm doing this, you know, I trust Elizabeth, you can register right now. If you get a message that it's closed, I'm sorry, I do cap the registrants because I can't help everybody if the group is too big. So I do limit the size of the group. But if you want to know more about it, this episode is airing on a Thursday, Thursday night, the 23rd of March at 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm doing a free webinar to talk a little bit about what holds people back from joining and what the Fat Loss Fast Track is and how it works. And I would love to have you join me. I'll answer any and all of your questions. And of course, if you have questions about the Fat Loss Fast Track and you're just not sure, but you don't want to miss out on it, 
shoot me an email and let's talk about it. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that. I just don't want anybody to miss out on it who does want it just because I don't talk about it. That would not make me very happy. And then related to blood sugar and blood sugar testing and what I'm going to be learning from this, definitely check out primalpotential.com forward slash blog. And you can follow uh, the daily posts there and I will include blood sugar readings and the lessons I'm learning in those daily blogs. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.